So my name is Lenny Escobar. Uh, I'm the black guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who are you? I'm I'm Cody Moulton. So the other guy doing the show. I'm the white guy. Uh, we are all subject to some degree of pride. Mm-hmm. Welcome to welcome to humanity. Right? Thank you. I've I've been here for a while. And you've been definitely on the pride side of the aisle. I, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, yeah, I mean you as well. well We've been, yeah. you've been there. What's that? Yeah. So I. <laughs> Welcome to the In Black and White Show, where we just try to have natural conversations about life and the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm Lenny, one of the hosts, always joined every time by Cody. It's not going to change, but just let you know that he's here. Hi, welcome. How you doing, Cody? Good, and you? I'm doing great. Thank good. you for asking me. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, thank you again for asking me. How Just good as I am. welcome as everyone who's listening today. Oh man, everybody is welcome because we have some great stuff to talk about. Some, I would say, like borderline heavier stuff, but it's still great. Just love it. How about um, heavier? It, 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 uh, okay, maybe, not... maybe uh, controversial. Maybe controversial. I don't know. If, oh, I, I, <laughs> I really wouldn't call it controversial. I don't know. I I just feel like it. it it's it's maybe we'll call it sensitive. It's a little bit more sensitive because it has to deal with how people feel, and uh, that's okay. Because what's what we do? We want to talk about all things, not just the happy things, not just the sad things, but everything, because that's all part of the gospel, honestly. Yeah. Um, but before we uh, just like jump into it. How about uh, how about Lord of the Rings, huh? Oh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. That's true. <laughs> we'll talk, maybe that blame. maybe that's controversial. I don't know. Yeah, that's actually probably more controversial than anything that we could talk about on the show. I feel like it shouldn't um, be because it's just objectively not good. You know what I mean? <laughs> hey, well, okay. <laughs> well, I don't. I wouldn't go with that. Okay, if we're gonna talk about it just for a second, if we're just gonna talk about it for a second. I would say that this Lord of the Rings produced by Amazon is a great show for somebody who just wants a good watch. That's it. Like I, I think it's fine. I think it's really done pretty that's, well. See, that's my problem. I don't think okay. I don't think it's done like like super well, but I think it's done pretty well. I think it's fine. It's like it's like you yeah. know, for a like a person who likes Lord of the Rings, it's like, oh yeah, this is a cool show to watch and like, I think it's fine. If Peacock produced it, I'd be like, okay, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, that's fine. But Amazon, this is the most expensive show in the in, in ever. And, well, I and mean, the directing choices and the writing choice. It's not even the lore choices that bothered me the most, and I'm a I'm a turd about that. <laughs> yeah, me the, too. It's it's the other stuff that bothered me more. Well, so. again, I think that that's why I'm like coming with that. The, with the idea of just like it's a it's a fine show to watch it, it it's like somebody it's true though. i think it's a it's a pretty good show for somebody who's just getting introduced to the world i think like uh i don't think it's i think it has some good moments i think it has some i mean it's it's really all a wash in in the end for me because i started watching it having to think like oh my gosh this is terrible and by the end i was like i just had to divorce myself from <laughs> divorce. Uh, I just divorced myself from thinking about Lord of the Rings and the Peter Jackson um, trilogy, or yeah, the Peter Jackson trilogy versus the this Amazon uh, versus the Amazon one. And and I think it helped. It helped me to to enjoy it for what it was, for it to being a pretty good show. I mean, not the best show I've ever watched, 
it's of it's one of the, it's one of the most gorgeous things I've ever oh, seen. It does look nice, and the music is fantastic. Um, but I just think, um, I just think in terms of, I mean, yeah, you're right. The music is pretty good. It's not like super great, but it is pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I think, but in turn, I think I agree with you in terms of, um, the lore stuff is easier to get past when. When I just when I think about it that way, they distracted anyways, me with all their their juvenile directing and, and <laughs> choices. <laughs> yeah, so. like I said, like it's not the greatest, but it's not bad. There's, I mean, there's I, worse I, things out there for sure. Yeah, there's and, worse. And, definitely. And I had fun watching it. I had fun mm-hmm. uh, critiquing it. Yeah, for sure. I just don't know that there's ever a world where I would rewatch any of it. Uh, and, I and, and watching Lord of the Rings movies is like. That's almost like daily prayer in our house, you know. Like that's, that's a regular occurrence. <laughs> uh, I was so I went to Boston this this uh, this last weekend or two weeks two weekends ago, and on the way back, I watched uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King, which is my which I've decided is my actual favorite movie of all time. And uh, you just, there's a you lot just of reasons watched the why. Third one, you didn't like um, watch the others, but there's not a lot of movies where. You didn't you didn't watch the others in preparation for that? You just went right into the three? Yeah. Well that's that's just because I, I, I've already seen all of them. I, I didn't watch it. It was on the plane. I was it was on the plane, so I was like I had to choose one. It was only I had like two hours, uh maybe three hours left in my flight. Okay. okay. I had to choose one and so I was gonna choose I, I if I had a seven hour flight, I would or nine hour flight, I would watch all three. I mean, yeah. that's just the thing. But I definitely I watched Return of the King. And I'm gonna tell you that thing gives me chills. I, I bawled. I cry watching that movie. Um, so good. It's so good. Like, let me tell you, like all of you who haven't seen it. It's been like 12 years, so you should already see it. Um, there are a whole bunch of people that haven't seen it because they weren't, I know old enough when it was, was, was a thing, which blows my mind. That's true. Yeah, that's true. That's really weird. Let's not talk about that because I don't want to be feel old. Um, you're so old, man. <laughs> Shut up. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, there's a part. Oh my gosh, Frodo and Sam at the they're on the slopes of Mount Doom, or like they're at like at uh, in Mordor, really close to Mount Doom. It's like hot. They're like basically dying, and they stop. And Sam says, "Remember the Shire," and then he describes the Shire, and then Frodo's like. I can't remember the Shire. It's all dark, and the only thing I see is Sauron. I can only see his face. And then, and then Sam is just like, "Let's be rid of it, then." And then this music, the, the epic music starts, and he says, "Well, I can't carry it for you, but, but I, I can, can carry." It. Oh, it's so good. That part made me makes me cry. Just like, yeah. oh, it was just it's so powerful. And then he says, "Come on." And it's oh oh my gosh I I'm getting chills just thinking about it right now yeah. oh it's it's oh, so beautiful good. it's such yeah. a powerful moment it, it it really what it reminds me of is is like true brotherhood friendship that's like forged in the fire of adversity like this is a huge thing Samwise and Frodo Baggins were actually not um, friends until this they weren't like connected More like BFFs yeah right. I mean, I mean, he was his gardener, but he they weren't like people together. They didn't they didn't like consort with each other. I think that's the yeah. word. Yeah, but it, it was yeah. like through this 
also Mary and Pippin were also one of them. Like they were all friends, knew each other, but they didn't know each other. Uh, well, no, well. no, no, Mary, Mary and Pippin, they were way close no, no, friends with Frodo. No, no, then. Oh, with Sam? Well, what I'm, yeah, I know what I'm saying is that they were friends, but they were not like, they weren't brothers. At the end of the movie, you can see that they're all brothers. Like they are all, like they have this, everybody, everything is all happening. Nobody really knows what's happened, what they've gone through and what they did for the world. And they, they are the only ones that know it as, as hobbits in, in their, at the home. Um, mm-hmm. So anyways, I, I just think it's a beautiful French, it's a beautiful um, story about that friendship. And the reason why it makes me cry is because um, it's just like you see the friendship of Sam and Frodo throughout the entire of all the trilogies. It's built so freaking well. No, I didn't ever realize this relationship between Sam and Frodo is built so well that you you are drawn into it at the very end. You're like, I can see why Sam loves Frodo, and I can see why Frodo loves Sam, and I can see why Sam is like so passionate about this, and why he becomes he becomes the hero at the very end. Right. You know, he's right. always been the hero, right? But but he becomes like a true one of those, not even a true hero. He just is like like the brother that Frodo never had. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, it's so good. Now and I go, what I, lo- I got to go rewatch these like the by oh. end of year. I got to do it. Oh yeah, you do. Oh, we got to do it. Dude, just come over. The other thing is, the last thing I want to say about it. One of the things I love about Lord of the Rings is the the display. This sorry, the display. The, the what that of the display. The display. Is that like a weapon okay. that swings on a chain and has spike yeah. ball on the end? No, no, no. That's a flail. The display. Oh. Is is the it's a picture frame with a big old um, swinging, like swinging on a chain. chain. Okay, yeah, it's the 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 frame is swinging on a chain. They have LCD with displays out there. I think. Yeah, it's a <laughs> LCD display. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. Last thing, we're really talking a lot about Lord of the Rings, or at least I am. Let me say this: the last thing I like about the Lord of the Rings movies is the portrayal of male strength. Um, like like true. I don't know what I want to say is like this bond between male characters that is um, right. wholesome and brotherly and and it's it's uh you know yeah. I mean like Aragorn kisses he kisses Boromir as he's dying. Sam and Frodo in, in essence cuddle at the very end because they are you know it's just yeah without it's, like it, yeah it's it's like. Well, it's like a very, a very good at depicting being vulnerable and being strong, and still like, without making it anything other than it is just brotherly love or, or that kind of a yeah. bond, you know, and and showing up. Right. I I agree with that. It is they do a good job. With and that. that that it's possible to do so on screen without without. I mean, because I mean, there's other people, you know, and there's other dis- depictions, and and I think that that's fine for how people want to display. Uh, affection between men and that's great but i think for lord of the rings it was a display of just like what it really meant to be brothers and also a display of like how our in our lives men can be vulnerable and sensitive like that um and that's a those are manly manly traits right. you know aragorn is a king you know he's he's a what do you call it he's a a, a, a chieftain a king um doing that kind of stuff you know Ar- yeah so anyways it's just I just think I think it's cool. I just love that. Um, anyways, that's my that's all that I have to say about Lord of the Rings. So okay. we can move on if we need All to. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
I mean, that was much more positive than what we were going on initially. Okay, so yeah, should I jump into a, a, a quick inspirational not quote? Not inspirational. Oh, quote. anti-inspirational motivational quotes. Yes, anti-inspira motivational. Whatever we're calling. It. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Okay, this is from from Rosa. I'm not going to say her last name because I don't know that I can. Uh, okay. Pronounce it. But uh, you've heard this. We've all heard this, okay? Do it with passion or not at all. If that's the criteria, I'm going to not do a lot of things, okay? <laughs> I ain't showering. I ain't brushing my teeth. You know, I, you know, I'm just thinking, like, how do you shower with passion? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Like, I guess if you're singing in the shower. I guess. Just like, but but then you're singing with passion. You're not really showering. Yeah, you're not showering. How do you shower with passion? How do you brush your teeth with passion? I know. Like, if you like, do that, you're gonna just rub your teeth raw. Yeah, I mean, that's a rub good the question. gums away. Yeah, I I think, and it's it's fun. You know, we I think we all get what she's saying, right? Uh, you know, you know, I can put your heart into what you do. Don't just be a a, a cog. But counterpoint, okay. It's okay. It's okay to not be passionate about things and still do them. There's a plenty yeah. of monotonous, tedious things we do in life that that's just part of living. And uh, hey, you know what? No, I'm I'm sorry. I gotta. I'm gonna live by this quote. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna record this podcast with passion. <laughs> Actually, we do do that. With that Let one, me yeah, think I think of something that, else. I think that applies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, how I'm about gonna, this? How's about um? You I'm gonna try sit to with, not be an idiot gonna, with passion. That'd be great. But <laughs> <laughs> hey, why don't you uh? Shut up with passion. Yeah, why don't you shut up with passion? That's that's better. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you s- be a better person with passion? How oh, about okay. That? Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, that's what we're going to talk about today. Is being a better person with passion? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Maybe with less passion. I don't no. Know. I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna sit with more passion. Okay. You're gonna sit there passionately. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think that's fine. <laughs> Uh, thank you. All right. Did you have one, or are we? Uh, no, no, no. I think that's. I think that's perfect. I, I already. I already. Basically, I used up all my time talking about Lord of the Rings. So. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> so, all right. What are we talking about, Lenny? Oh my gosh! It's going to be a, a really cool episode. I'm excited to talk about this talk uh, by Elder. I guess. He, I guess his name is Brother Brother Ahmed Corbett. So. Is he? I but, he was elder. Oh, maybe you're no, right. he's, he's brother. No, because he's the second. He's the a counselor in the Young Men's General Presidency. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's oh, brother okay. Corbett. Brother Corbett. But anyways, this you could uh, say brother counselor Corbett. That sounds good. Oh, cool. oh, oh, counselor Corbett. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyways, we're gonna be talking about um, the way that the, uh, a talk or an address he gave to um, leaders of. Let me see if I can. Remember where he did, where he where he was talking. He said he was. Oh, he was talking to church endorsed chaplains. So it's like a. Um, um, it was a it was a conference for church endorsed chaplains at the conference center. Yeah. Um, he he gave it in October, and he was talking about um, what he described as uh, activism, or another way he said advocate activism or. Yeah, how activism against the or church advocacy. can blind. Yeah, no, no, activism. No. Activism against the church can blind, mislead, val- blind oh. or mislead valiant souls. Oh, there it is. It's right there in the in the in the title. <laughs> in the t- 
Anyways, we'll, uh, so we'll we're link gonna... it. We'll link it in the show notes. So yeah, can go read it. Yeah, um, it's a pretty interesting talk uh, that he gave, uh, and it touches on some pretty, like I said earlier, it touches on some sensitive uh, subjects. Uh, I should say, not even subjects, feelings. And I think that sensitive feelings are are pretty um, important um, because there are personal things, and we want to, you know we want those to be validated and and uh, and um, and respected. Um, but I think he has some really interesting points about it, um, and so we're going to be talking a little bit more about uh, what the what he's talking about between activism against the church, which I think yeah. is a really interesting uh, way to bring that up. Yeah, and he starts off telling a story here, which I think kind of illustrates what he's getting at. Um, and we've all been around this. I feel like our, our culture has been especially heated in the last, I don't know, 10, 20 years more than normal. Mm-hmm. Um, with the advent of the Internet and social media and different algorithms that kind of thrive off of off of people raging about certain things. And then mm-hmm. you know, it just gets easy to become layman and lemuels out there murmuring about stuff. And again, it's not to say there's not things to, to criticize or to, to try to want to improve or make better. But, um, this, this, this story that he opens up with, um, he talks about a brother as he was serving as a state president. One of the brothers very publicly walked out in protest cause he was talking about the proclamation to the world, the family, the family proclamation. And, um, so he met with his brother and and talked to him about hey there's there's you might have disagreements um and it, it's okay to have disagreements but there's a better way to handle it if you want to affect change in the world in the church um there's a different way to handle this kind of thing without undermining the doctrine right mm-hmm. and and he also mentioned that they, they continued to help this brother with some financial needs that he had and get a job. And they didn't just shirk him off and disown him because he, he what he says here is he made a, a bad, had a bad lapse of judgment and how he behaved in the meeting and, and walking out in protest in that way. So I think um, what he says, uh, act, what he titles his remarks are activism versus discipleship and protecting the valiant. Because... I've seen a lot of this. I know you have. We saw it in conference, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how long ago it was, but a bunch of people stood up and yelled no when they were sustaining the prophet. And here's the deal with stuff like that, right? Like, we do sustainings in church for a reason. So people have the opportunity to show and commit their support to other leaders. Um, and they can even make known or manifest their... Uh, disagreement with the appointment of a certain leader okay that's mm-hmm. i mean these are questions that are asked in these meetings f- for a reason right um so sustainings happen for a reason however we are not asked to to get up and yell or to or to make a scene or to kind of do that do that kind of stuff um which he labels as as activism because in in uh, brother corbett's view here it is detracting people from from uh what does he say okay activism or advocacy directed towards or against the church is a secular worldly device misapplied in a spiritual or otherworldly context um and it's the wrong tool for the wrong job in the wrong place it undermines the doctrine of christ 
And the reason that's a problem, and I think this is kind of the core of what we need to talk about, especially this is the in black and white show, right? What mm-hmm. is the in black and white of this? That kind of behavior subtly undermines the doctrine of Christ, which is God's plan for changing, saving, and exalting his children. I love that mm. one because God's plan for helping improve our lives and giving us eternal blessings is the doctrine of Christ. And that's mm-hmm. it. So we we need to we need to step and treat that much more carefully in our actions and ask ourselves okay i might i want to affect change i want to i want to try to push for better things but am i going about it the wrong way am i not using the doctrine of christ to do it am i maybe misguided in some of my feelings or thoughts all those kind of questions which he talks about more in the talk but anyway i think that's a good yeah, I I think it's it's uh, really interesting as as you were talking about this as as we were as you were talking uh, sharing with Brother Corbett what he was talking about. Um, the question that we're discussing is what's the right way to affect change in the church? Like that's that's honestly like when when it comes down to is you know I think a lot of people if they disagree with some things it's like how do you affect change? And I think that this is really great, um, a great talk, a great. Uh, talking things to think about is because uh because uh we that this is a big thing um he goes on to say that some no that activism and advocacy are not bad not all of them not all of it is bad because there's a time and place for it like he said um the united states was founded on um advocacy uh the civil rights was ad- advocacy like all those things that provided better opportunities for, for more people and a, a whole um, sect of people, right? And then that's really awesome um, uh, for for all those people, right? Um, and it was necessary to do so. Um, but that we're talking specifically about government. Um, and that's what he says in this in this uh, in this talk, which I really I think is important is that uh, something that is run by the people for the people, you know, I think that is, is is that's the time when people have the 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 responsibility right. to 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 affect change in that way if change is not happening. Where that However, tool applies, right? Yeah, where that tool is applied, it's different in the Lord's church, right? So we believe that there is a prophet on the earth that has been selected by uh, that has been called, not even selected, but called by God by Jesus Christ. Yeah, and we sustain that. So. And all of his his whole plan is for us to become like him. Uh, the whole plan was to, like you said, save and exalt his children. And there's it's a very specific way that uh, that is that's how it is. And the doctrine of Christ is that the specific way is the doctrine of Christ. And um, that's that's what the difference is. This is God's plan and God's um, guidance. God's like you know God's plan. Um, built in his church rather than it's not a government it's not run by people um right. it's administered by people i should say uh, he is he calls people to to administer the church but it's not run by them uh, it's run by him through his people so i think that right. that that's like a really important thing i think that's like the basis of, of like some of the doctrine or maybe some of the the principles behind why this may not be the right tool at the for this time um All right. He talks about uh, faith too, right? Yeah. And how specifically um, 
Satan can use activism towards the church to undermine people's faith in the church. Or uh, And we need to be careful about how this is interpreted, okay, and how we're taking this. Faith in the church, in the gospel, in Jesus Christ, in the leaders, okay? So is is our do we worship our leaders? No. Obviously we do not. Um, but we do have faith that they are called of God. If we have faith in a restored church and the structure of the restored church, right? That we have a prophet who calls, uh, who is called of God, and then apostles who are called of God, and then underneath, underneath them that we have more general authorities and leaders called of God under that uh, structure, and then that comes all the way down to the local level with bishops and other other church leaders. Doesn't mean anybody's perfect, but we should have. Faith that God has called people to do things in their certain in their in their certain callings and and to uh, um, do good in the, in the roles that He's He's asked them to fulfill. Um, and so, anyway, the, the, He talks about uh, how how activism against the church kind of undermines that faith, while at the same time saying not all activism is necessarily meant to undermine faith in God or in these people or anything like that. And some might be pursued in good faith. Um, but uh, I like his analogy. And we're not going to spend the whole uh, episode quoting this talk, but I think we need to quote it throughout before we could really just dialogue about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But he says, A light bulb must be changed to avoid darkness and restore light. My simple point is a hammer is not the right tool for that job. Right? Mm. And I think that's a, a good way to to say there, there there might be ways to approach change and 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 I, I I do want to be clear here I think he does a good job of saying you need to use the right tool for the right the right job and at the same time um, he gives an example of some of the person or not the uh, some of the um, traits of activism toward the church and what kind of um, thinking or culture it promotes. And one of the things he says is activism against the church, it enlarges beams and blind spots and invites judgmentalism all at once. So he's trying to say, whereas discipleship says, Lord, is it I or help thou mine unbelief? Activism against the church rarely seeks to humbly understand others' perspectives or experience or to meekly introspect. And the reason I say that is because Lord is it I is, is always a good place to, to start, right? We might have mm. problems with, with the church or with the doctrine, and just because we have issues or concerns with that um, doesn't necessarily mean that the Lord's, uh, well, the Lord's doctrine is not going to change, right? And so we got to start with ourselves. Is is it is there something in me that needs to change to better understand a doctrine or to come to peace with a certain teaching? You know, that's that's always I think a, the starting place. And if there's more more places to go beyond that, you know, uh, he, he talks about there are ways to effect change using the doctrine of Christ um, within a, a higher organization like the church that are different than what you'd see in, in the world with a local government or what have mm. you. And so I think that's very, very wise to say, let's be humble, you know, in our approach to, to, to change and to doing good. 
and start with ourselves before we we start to go out there and, and try to, you know, become almost uh almost like the Pharisees, you know, always fault finding and looking to mm. bring other other people down for for shortcomings or what have you kind of thing. Yeah. I think it's really important. Like I I guess I'm always I'm always this voice here. I want to make sure that everybody who has concerns with doctrine or policies that those are valid. They are valid things to to think about and to have problems with because of maybe some of the values that you have developed over over your period in life, some of the experiences you have. And I want to, I don't want to say that I I don't feel like his church the, this talk that Brother Corbett is saying is has anything to do as is saying that it's not bad it's bad to have those feelings because of those experiences that you have. I think what what really is what it comes down to it is um, that those feelings um, that you ha- that we have those those questions and concerns or or maybe fundamental differences that we have. I think need to be brought to the Lord and need to be counseled with him uh, ultimately, because if, if somebody believes or likely want to believe in the, in the restored church, um, then they need to receive that personal witness from Christ that this is true. This is right. And I think, um, and, and I mean, I know for me personally, I'm, and I, I've had, before I joined the church, I had some definite, definite um, societal and, um, historical questions based on, you know, because me being a black person, um, about how the church uh, didn't allow uh, black people or, or, or I should say minorities to hold the priesthood until much later. Um, and I think that, that that could be a very huge stumbling block, um, a huge stumbling block for a lot of people, and it could have been for me. Um, but, uh, I'm grateful that I was able to go through those experiences to counsel with the Lord and with heavenly father to, and receive an answer and peace about all of those things so that I could receive all the blessings, like all of the blessings that the gospel has for me, um, and, and, and fill my life with light and truth and direction. And I think that that's something that he, that, um, that, that, that brother Corbett says, is that sometimes, maybe not all the time, it can, but it can be disguised as um, as contention that is justified as being noble, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, and very, very common worldly thing in today's right. world. I feel like, and and that's fine. I think that some of those feelings are 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 they are noble. Um, but I think that, like like you were saying before, and like he said, using the uh, the hammer to change a light bulb is not the right way. Um, and I, and I think like I love what you were saying there that it's more about when we have questions and concerns, and it's maybe a really hard thing to do, um, especially when it has to do with church, especially like church. Um, I would say history, church policy, the doctrine, all of that. And it is a very hard thing to do, um, but I think that the 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 first the I I know that the first thing that could be done is first, is it um, what can I do to get closer to Christ first? How can I how can I find peace in this with Christ first? Who can I counsel with and talk about this with, also with Christ? And I think that if we focus on that. Lord, is it I? 
you know, trying to be at one with the Lord and trying to figure out his will, then we'll be able to figure out what, where we, where this all fits, where these feelings fit and what their, what their purpose is uh, for our own journey. I think there, there's two pivot points here for me too, when I think about uh, gospel principles, right? The, the battle between pride and humility and the um, understanding and application of the doctrine of Christ and building faith mm. in Christ. Yeah. So the reason I say pride and humility is because we are all subject to some degree of pride. Mm-hmm. Welcome to welcome to humanity, right? Thank you. I've I've been here for a while. Yeah, you have been, and you've been definitely on the pride side of the aisle. I I can tell. <laughs> like, just... <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, yeah, I mean you as well. We've we, been yeah. you've been there. What's that? Like, yeah, so I, one thing I one thing I noticed it's funny as and I might have said this on the podcast before, but I remember thinking before my mission, like learning about pride and being like, okay, yeah, pride's a problem, you know, um, it's probably more a problem. I don't really deal with that, you know. And then they stick you in a room with another random nineteen-year-old from who knows where that you've never met, and they say, hey, you're gonna. This is your companion now, and you're going to live with this person for three months and try to teach people about Jesus. <laughs> that's a, that's a great way to learn that you have pride, okay? <laughs> because you get prideful, you get defensive as you're learning to like work with other people who might be very different from you and might mm-hmm. challenge your ideas and your thoughts and might make you feel dumb sometimes, and you might make them feel dumb sometimes, and, and just all these growing um, opportunities that led to some many friendships and, and obviously mm-hmm. this podcast is a result of one of those. Right. Um, but just the fact that I didn't even recognize and think about pride, it's almost prideful to not, I mean, it, it was prideful to think of it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you're a pretty prideful person in general. So yeah. Oh yeah. It doesn't I mean, make, it doesn't make like any, it doesn't, it doesn't make pr- much. Proud like, like a, a lion. No, no, go ahead. Stutter. Stutter <laughs> more. Just <laughs> um, so anyway, the point of all that is we all have pride and we need, uh, and you know, me especially, <laughs> we need to sit here and, and make sure that we're checking our own pride before we go criticizing and, and, and really attacking other, other people, even if it might be in good conscience and for trying to promote a good cause or what have you. I think the best and the most powerful change doesn't come from prideful aggression or or activism on that kind of a front, but through what Christ has taught us in the in the doctrine of Christ, meaning having faith in him and repenting and living the gospel of Jesus Christ with love for other people, with compassion for other people, with uh with a respect for other people and and trying to, you know, Effect change in that way, and I've I don't know if I've talked about this either, but I I feel like that's a huge reason why the civil rights movement was so powerful, because was it fair for so many um, black people who've been mistreated? Was it fair for them to 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 sit back and not retaliate when they were being mistreated? You know, like that's not fair at all. Like even even in in a high school setting, you got a bully. You know, most people would be like, "Well, yeah, if somebody hits you, you hit them back." You know. But mm. what uh, Martin Luther King Jr. was was pushing a lot with that movement was we, you know, can't respond with violence, 
because it will undermine our message and it will it's it's going to you know the cause we're trying to promote here and the attention we're trying to get from people to get them to pay attention and, and get behind us here it's going to undermine it if we retaliate in that way and and so it was a higher way to respond it wasn't fair it was harder and uh and it was what it was it was the push that we needed to get civil rights into place uh, from you know that yeah that's just my opinion but i i mean just just a couple of comments on that too um there the the uh, martin luther king in those in those moments so i'm not really sure i think i've heard somewhere that he, it's not necessarily that uh he always believed that nonviolence or sorry non um not violence that's not the right word it was like non um contentious confrontation yeah yeah confrontational um uh resistance was the best thing all the time so i, I don't want to i don't i think i i don't know enough about it to be able to say that uh equally um but i do know enough that the tool that the tool that he was using at those times when he was promoting non-confrontation was that was the tool of the time of that time right there was non-confrontation and that affected the most change, or at least most change in in that period of time. So yeah, and for that I, cause, and again, I mean, that's yeah. that's a good example too. That's activism, right? Yeah, and and and, and I and I think the, what oh sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and that's activism in the in the in the government setting, and and it, that was effective, and there was a lot of good done by that. You know? Right, and, and again, that brother Corbett's not trying to take away from that by any means. Um. um I, and I, but I think that the the focus that I, I love about this is is about the tools, the tools to use. And I think that um, if if you if you want to enact, I think uh, I don't know who's who said this, or maybe it's not a quote, but I feel like it's a quote. It's just like if you want to enact the most change in the world, change yourself, and then and then then by that, then things will will change. Like your world will will change because you're changing yourself. I think maybe that's just yeah. maybe a motivational thing, but Is that a, I think that that's what I love. Escobar quote? Maybe, I don't know. I I feels like I got that from somewhere. Um but I re- I love that because I think the gospel is a very personal thing. Okay. So the doctrine of Christ, I keep hitting my microphone. Jeez. Um How dare you, dude. <laughs> hey, hey, grow up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> The, the doctrine of Christ is very personal. Salvation and exaltation is a very personal thing. Um, relationship with Father and with Jesus Christ is very, very um, personal. So I think that as we do that, as we focus on, our, on ourselves and our becoming more like Him, then we'll be able to become, then as all of us are becoming more like Him, that's when change will really happen. Change for whatever, I mean, whatever value you believe. And I truly believe that. Even, even uh, there's, there's a lot of things. I don't want to get too much into it, especially with uh, the LGBTQ population, LGBTQ plus, sorry, LGBTQIA, I believe, I think is the right term now. Um, but like even with that and, and how all those are, I strongly believe is we change ourselves that God will make all things right because, because of the work that we're doing uh, to become more like him. And, yeah. uh, and, and I think that that's the best advocacy we could do as members in his church. Now that's not to say you shouldn't go advocate for what you, uh, for, for the things that you believe in 
um, in line with the gospel um, outside of the church, but I think in, in the church itself is we advocate for us becoming more like Christ. And I think that will will yeah. affect change better that way. I think that's, you know, and that, that's hopefully everyone comes away from this. Like we're, we're talking about in the church right now. Mm-hmm. And I have another example um, in the church mm. where this is, uh, where we have a really good um, use case for this. Use case? Yeah. Case study. There we go. And anti-Nephi-Lehi's from the Book of Mormon. Hey, were right? you, um, hold on, before you go on to that, uh, do you have trouble talking? Do you need some help? It's at me? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you're in the bathroom brushing your teeth talking to yourself just now. Was that for me or? Talking to myself? How am I brushing my teeth? I'm talking, you know what, just go ahead. I, That's true, you know, brush your teeth. Not oh. passionately, at least. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Sorry, go ahead. Anti-Nephi-Lehi. Sorry, I interrupted that. A- Anti-Nephi-Lehi. So they, um, yeah, so they're converted, right? A- Ammon and Aaron and all those fellas out there teaching the gospel uh, among the Lamanites. You get this big group of Lamanites who become so committed to Christ that they decide to go bury their weapons of war. And to make and a covenant. Have... They make a covenant never to touch them again, bear, take them up yep. again. So Never take forget, them up again. Don't forget about the covenant. So they, they do that, and then eventually Lamanites come and battle uh, against the Nephites, or against the people of God, I should say, because they end up coming to the Anti-Nephi-Lehi's and just start killing them, and the Anti-Nephi-Lehi's refuse to fight back. And so you've got this probably the most difficult-to-witness thing ever, like a, just a huge population that refuses to fight back and just allows a group of people to, to kill them without any resistance. And the the Lamanites were so disgusted by themselves after participating in this for a little bit that they got super ticked and they threw down their weapons and they, they left. And a bunch of them actually were so moved by what the anti-Nephi-Lehi's were doing that they converted. Yeah, it says in the Book of Mormon around a thousand anti-Nephi-Lehi's or so were killed and that more than that, had converted um, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So in the end, you had, you know, and it, I, I hate to say it this way, a net gain in followers because these are lives that were lost. Right. But the point shouldn't be lost that this this form of following the doctrine of Christ, of truly trying to show love and, and be committed to to your beliefs and your covenants that you've made enacted more change and more good than anything else would have. And later on, you see their their children, the stripling warriors, they have a different covenant that they make that doesn't look the same. And, and that that might be the case in our lives, right? We, we are at different stages on this journey of, of following Christ. Um, we know which covenants that God has asked us to make with him, and maybe we've made some, maybe we're working on making others, but um, the point being that as we're committed to Christ and to him and to our covenants with him, that staying true to that above all else, no matter anything happening in the world or any other worldly philosophies or mm. or manners in which we can um, try to affect change, the most good we can do is to stay committed to Christ and to our covenants we've made with him. Yeah. I mean, 
I think as we do those, we become changed. We become new creatures in Christ. And I think that people will, will see that, I mean, inside the church and outside. And I think that that's, uh, I think that's really important. I think that that's, that's in essence what makes, um, that's the lasting change I think that we're all looking for um, as in, in part of any organization that we're, uh, for ourselves and any organization we're a part of. So, yeah, I um, yeah. I, I really love I love talking about this. I'm, I'm really enjoying talking about this because I think where we kind of brought it back is that um, this is an it, it, we're 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 looking outward, um, and but in order to like really f- ultimately look outward the way that Christ would have us look outward, we need to look inward and become more like Him first before we do so. And I think that that when we when we yeah. do that, we allow ourselves to be in line with Him, and then we act according to His will. And honestly, I think all of us really. I feel like if you are listening to this podcast and anybody else wants to live a good life, and anyone who's listening, I think wants to know Christ more. And I think that I hope that that's what you we, we can all do, and that this podcast is doing is. You know, along with having these natural conversations where we're talking about these hard things, answering questions, you know, think talking about things that we're thinking about, but also wanting to inspire each of us to become more like Christ, become closer to him um, and to follow him because we want to love him. We want to know him more. And uh, by doing so, um, he will be able to bless us even more. And I, I really hope that uh, as you're listening to this, anyone who's listening to it, that you uh, will feel these things that that we're talking about, um, and especially those. And just as as pride turns us, um, it kind of focuses us on building ourselves up, while focusing on problems with people or things outside of us. Um, humility is the opposite. It's about looking inside of what can I fix inside with myself? What can I address with myself first? Um, and it's not to say humility is a form of submission by any means, right? It's just, it's just an approach in which we try to um, look at ourselves and improve ourselves and be very um, compassionate and, and uh, what's, what's, what's the word? I don't, I want to say open-minded, but I don't know if that's the right word. But being open to um, to change, I guess that is probably 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 the word. Starting there, right, and that's that's where our faith grows, and that's where that personal relationship with Christ flourishes. Not where pride is, but where humility is. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, you know that I like that Brother Corbett talked about that, and and that's a great a great starting point if we're if we're if we're battling issues or concerns we have with anything inside or even outside of the church, and while we are focusing on activism within the church towards the church, kind of a kind of a topic, I think the doctrine of Christ applies. I mean, I, don't, I shouldn't say I think I know the doctrine of Christ applies everywhere. the The big difference here is that you know worldly methods of activism are not going to work inside the church. They're just not going to work. Yeah. And honestly, well, that's all I'm going to say. They're not, they're not going to work. 
I, they might work outside the church, but the doctrine of Christ will work everywhere in, mm. as far as in, inspiring other people to do better, inspiring ourselves to do better, and to become a better people, people overall. I think I like this uh, this word humility that you're using, but as you were talking about humility, I was thinking about I was thinking about this other word from another talk. It's one of my favorite talks by Elder Bednar. Uh, I think about two years ago. It's called Meek and Lowly of Heart. And I love this quote. I pulled it up so that I could read it. He says... Um, you can read? Uh, no, no. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually just like feeling it because I'm so close to the Spirit. So I, I'm like yeah. feeling... Yeah. Ooh, mm. Osmosis in that, dude. <laughs> nice. So, um, the Christ-like quality of meekness is often misunderstood in our contemporary world. Meekness is strong, not weak, active, not passive, courageous, not timid, restrained, not excessive, modest, not self-aggrandizing, and gracious, not brash. A meek meek person is not easily provoked, pretentious, or overbearing, and readily acknowledges the accomplishments or struggles of others. Whereas humility generally denotes dependence upon God and the constant need for his guidance and support, a distinguishing characteristic of meekness is a particular spiritual receptivity to learning both from the Holy Ghost and from people who may seem less capable, experienced, or educated, who may not hold important positions, or who otherwise may not appear to have much to contribute. I might add to that, not adding to uh, to Apostle's uh, words, but just saying, that think differently than I do. I might, I might add that. Um, I, I think that that's a, a part of it, is meekness is a particular spiritual receptivity to learning both from the Holy Ghost and from people who may seem less capable, experienced, or educated, and added in quotes, Lenny's quote, who think differently than I do. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's, that's a way... A way better way to to word things than I was trying to do earlier. Yeah, no, just let's leave it to the apostles to do that. Yeah, I mean, I love that too because it is strength, humil- uh meekness, and humility. I mean, what 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 takes more more willpower, right? Mm. To hit someone back as hard as possible if they've hit you, and, and or or to show restraint, control. Even while your emotions might be going out of the out the roof, right? I think that that's that's I mean, really that's that's really powerful. And we keep using hit and, and punch and blah 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 stupid things like that because well, you are stupid, we're, so we're we're ten year olds, so <laughs> well, well, I guess you're like ninety, but <laughs> oh, <okay>. oh, burned it, <laughs> burned it, <laughs> burned it. But no. uh, but yeah, I think just it's a very base reaction to hit or to respond in that way and so i think we're painting the picture with giving into emotion or to uh and emotions are fine emotions are a good thing but we can become kind of i don't know we 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 can become you don't want your emotions to control you you want to have control over your emotions you want to have restraint you want to exercise that and that's a muscle we got to build up Meekness is a muscle we got to build. Humility is a muscle we got to build. It's not a fun one to build. You know when you say a prayer and you're like, help me learn how to be better at this thing. And then God gives you everything that makes you more prideful, you know, <laughs> or makes you more angry. I think um, in an, oh, in an effort to give you 
you know, dumbbells and weights to work those muscles so you can get better at it. You know? Yeah. I, I do really love that actually. It it really stinks in the moment, but it's it's actually pretty a pretty cool way of uh learning how to how to be better is by having more experiences to be better. Um yeah. I oh, really for sure. I like um just to bring it back to what we're talking about connecting final point maybe yeah, about yeah. connecting what we've just where we've just arrived to the end to the beginning. I think advocacy is a tool used um, for specific situations, and I think for the most part, it's it, there's not really a place for it. Um, in in there's not really a place uh, that's super effective for it. I think in the church, activism, activism over advocacy, maybe. Yeah. Okay. I, so yeah, that's that's yes, yeah. Let's use that word. Activism is there's not really a, a place for that in in the church. Um, but instead what we, what we're looking for or like what was encouraged is having the, the spiritual quality of meekness where again, like uh, Elder Bednar has described is that we're depending upon God or sorry, we are seeking for the spiritual receptivity to learning both from the Holy Ghost and from people who may seem less capable, experienced, educated, and in parentheses, Lenny's addition, who think differently than us, and um, and 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 seeing what we can we can come up there so that we become more like Christ to change ourselves so we can affect more and lasting change in the world. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good place to to leave that. And yeah. I think you started off well. You know, we started talking about the talk, but. Um, the question here is what is what is the right approach um, to, to affect change in, in in the world around me, but especially um, in in my in my church uh, I don't know, involvement in my church community, maybe in, in, in church community or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I'll, you know again, and, and this isn't a a conversation we're having to say, Hey, now get out there and go affect change in your church community. Necessarily. We're just saying the, the doctrine of Christ is, should be the driver. Mm. Um, in whatever we're doing personally or, uh, socially or what have you should be, should be the driver. That's mm. it all comes back to that. So, and I think that, uh, if you have thoughts or thoughts or concerns about what we've talked about, we'd love to, to talk, to discuss them. Um, I think that that's actually one of the the beautiful things about having natural conversations about Christ is sometimes we'll 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 think differently and we invite that like we want to talk more about it we love we love I hope that you guys can tell that we love Jesus Christ and we are trying to be very devoted followers of his uh, of of him and to sustain his church uh, and all the leaders that he's called um, so hopefully you feel comfortable if you have differing thoughts or opinions or something we haven't considered, please share it with us. We want to learn as well. We want, uh, we hope to actually have meekness as well, a spiritual receptivity to learning from the Holy ghost and from all those different types of people. So that is the plug to get into. Um, if, uh, to reach out to us, you can talk to us on our, on our social medias. Uh, you can get us at Facebook. Or Twitter, um, which is the uh, the handle IBW Podcast. Uh, you can email us. Uh, you can email us directly at uh, ibwpodcast at gmail.com. 
Uh, in black and white podcast. Oh, I'm know. sorry. In black and black and white podcast at gmail.com. We're still working on getting that domain name. Um, you know, just kidding. I don't know. Anyways, uh, reach out. <laughs> reach out to us. Uh, uh, share us. Share your, your questions, your concerns, your thoughts. We'd love to hear them all. And uh, just to, to wrap up, thank you so much for listening to us and sticking with us throughout. Um, uh, all for our longtime viewers sticking with us from all the, the iterations of our podcast and from our new viewers, thanks for joining with us. We're really grateful that you're here and that we hope that you'll find a place in our community. Um, again, guys, enjoy a, a great rest of your time, whatever time of day, week. Uh, we're grateful again to be able to share these thoughts on meekness, humility, and the doctrine of Christ. With that being said, God is good. Godspeed, everyone.